Welcome to In the News for August 11th, 2023. I'm Brett Burney from AbsonLaw.com. And I'm Jeff Richardson from iPhone JD. Hey, Brett. Good morning, Jeff. We just want to let everybody know we are thrilled to, to announce that today's episode is sponsored by SaneBox. You can find out a little more information by going to SaneBox.com slash in the news. You'll hear a little bit more about that later on. But Jeff, we are coming up to a holiday, at least here in the United States, called Labor Day. And, uh, you know, some people might think about that as a very auspicious, you know, uh, 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 auspicious kind of a holiday. But <laughs> we like to think of it as, hmm, maybe there's a new iPhone on the horizon. <laughs> it's a holiday <laughs> for us, too. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of funny when you look back at, you know, the last, gosh, 10 years or so when Apple announces new iPhones, it is very consistent. I mean, it's either that Labor Day week or the week afterwards, just about always, right. except for 2020 when Apple announced that everything was pushed back because of COVID slowdowns and stuff like that. But so, you know, I, I feel quite certain that a new iPhone is coming out about a month from right now, uh, which is exciting. You know, I usually get a new iPhone every wow. year and um, yep. it's, uh, I will tell you though, I have a little nervousness about this year, Brett. I haven't announced this to anyone okay. yet, but I'll, I'll just confide in you. You can be this is oh this is all privileged uh, therapy client just between you and me. I have ne I have always purchased. I love my iPhone in the current size. I have never purchased one of like the Plus or the Max or whatever oh, the, big, the Max, big versions, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Have you ever owned one of the really big ones, or have you always had the? I uh, did one time. Okay. If you remember, just real quick, you know, Davis Marks uh -huh. had one, and he went back to the regular size, yeah. and I followed his his trajectory. Okay. Well, the one of the rumors, and they're just rumors, is that Apple is going to improve the camera on the next iPhone yes. by having a periscope. Would that be the right word periscope for it? Periscope is what so, they call it. So yes. that the, the yes. lens, because there's a limit to how far out the lens can come out from right. the phone, you would sort of have a 90 degree angle. And so they go down. And so the rumor is maybe Apple will have the large max version of the iPhone 15 Pro right. that will have like the like really the best possible camera. And there have been times in the past when the max version has had a better camera for one reason or the other. But right. if the camera is so much better on the max, I'm going to be really tempted mm. to get it. But the problem is, is that I don't know. I, I mean... <sighs> Is it going to be too big? I don't know. So it's a silly problem yeah. to worry about. Apple hasn't announced anything, but I've been thinking about this ever since I've been seeing these rumors. And so it's it's going to be, you know, if, if Apple does what at least some rumors are predicting um, and there's a real advantage to getting a max model, um, I might get it. And then I'm not sure if I'm going to regret it. So um, you, we'll uh, see. Yeah. But otherwise, I'm excited about the new iPhone coming out. So you're making me think I did the max for a little bit, Jeff, and I traded it back in. It was just yeah. I, it was too, it was big, almost huh? I, I almost think of it as today, like the regular size iPhone Pro 14 Pro is what I is what I use. That's what we're talking about, like the base model, the base size, if you will. But I feel like the max was almost pushing me over the line of. I have to have a fanny pack at that point. <laughs> like it wouldn't fit in my pocket all the way nicely. Like I, I tried both back hip pockets. I tried yeah. certainly was like, wait, I had a suit coat on. So I put it in my, like my chest pocket and I felt like I was like walking sideways for the whole time. I loved the big screen. Obviously don't get me wrong. And this periscope yeah. camera is really interesting because it sounds like it's going to be like on the edge and it's going to go the length of the camera of the phone or something. I, I can't even, I can't even fathom that right now. But yeah, you're making me rethink it. I don't know. I might a fanny pack might be in my near future. If that's yeah, the case. We'll probably be talking that. about this again. <laughs>
just for folks to know, we, while we're talking about this in uh, the post today, uh, Jeff did a great job of you've like what got going all the way back to 2012. Is that when I see it every year when these new phones have been released, Jeff will post on iPhone JD. You can see September 8, 2022, why lawyers will like the iPhone 14, September 15, 2021, why lawyers will like the iPhone 13. You had to skip 2020 because everybody skipped 2020, mm -hmm. right? And then we went to 2019, September 11th, 2019, when they released the iPhone 11. Anyway, if you're interested in looking at this, you can go to uh, the In the News post today at iPhone JD, and Jeff does a great job of just breaking down each year of exactly. And, and we um, should end, Brett, by saying that yeah. the rumor from Mark Gurman, and he tends to be pretty good with his rumors, is that he says it's going to be September 12th. So that would be the week after Labor Day, um, uh, which would be the the Tuesday after Labor Day. So right, you know, right. if you're going to put your money somewhere, I might as well put it on September 12th for now. But um, you know, but who knows? Anything's possible. Just for, getting for excited! Week. I'm so excited. Like I don't. <laughs> I, I I actually I think I'm on a two year plan right now with my current iPhone 14. <laughs> but Jeff, I've already been scheming. Like, okay, how could I go and like pay that off so that I can trade <laughs> that? Yeah. Like I'm already on the scheming side of it because I'm already getting excited just from some of the rumors that we've looked at speaking of rumors well maybe this isn't that good <laughs> maybe not so much in the in the in the comical sense of, of a rumor per se but you know there's always these companies that say hey we've got a million downloads of an app or you should try us like look how many times that our app has been downloaded and um you know i thought you did a good job of uh pointing to john gruber's article today and be like you know no one really knows how many downloads of an app except apple right is that yeah. is that an accurate way to put it and it's not just it's not the it's not like an individual app developer i mean they they know how popular their app is but what you right. see is these companies that say these are the top 10 apps and it's like okay so yeah unless yeah. you went yeah. individually to those 10 people but then you also have to go to every single other developer to get their downloads. There's no way you would actually know who are the top apps, you know, mm. as, across the board okay. as an aggregate. And yet right. these companies release the data and it's reported on by the mainstream news as if it's gospel. And so he I, dug deep into right. one of these companies. And the way that they came up with their numbers is really sort of interesting. They have apps on the app store that they encourage people to buy by making them free. And they yeah. do things like one of them is like some Safari plugin that is right. Supposedly tells you if you've been using the web too much and you should take a break. But in the process of doing so, it sort of snoops and spies on everything you're doing on the web. Uh, and in theory, to a certain degree, what other apps you're using. And because the way that the, the iPhone is sandboxed, there's limits to how much an app could even do, but they do some of it. Or another thing that they'll have is it'll be like a free VPN software. Yeah, and, you I know, VPN gives you a private, you know, Wi-Fi. But once, once all of your internet data goes through them, they could then peek at that data and say, okay, right now it looks like they're using Facebook. Right now it looks like they're using yeah. you know, LinkedIn or whatever else. And so then they sort of spy on you um, and then they aggregate that and they come up with their predictions. But the thing is, look, there, there's two aspects here. First of all, these apps themselves huh. are, you know, a little slimy in terms of the privacy violations. I agree. But I put that to the side because like, heck, if someone's going to, and, and the problem is people using them may not understand that, but let's just assume right. that they do. Even if they do understand that, these companies are extrapolating from just that small subset of all users, the people who are going to download a free VPN app, as yeah. opposed to a paid one from a more reputable company, yeah. or as opposed to not using a VPN app in the first place, which is probably what 99% of iPhone users That's do. Exactly and so right. 
the, the the sample size is so small and the slice of the population is people that are just trying to get these free apps and trying to do things. You know, I don't even know that that's a representative sample, even if it was, uh, you know, even if the, even if the sample size wasn't the issue, just the nature right. of who's in that sample. So for all of these reasons, you know, when you see companies um, like what's the, the one here is called Sensor Tower, but there's others, you know, right, when you right. see them reporting on, you know, this is the number one app or, you know, th- this was the, the top thing, you know, you should really, I mean, it's not that they're completely pulling it out of thin air, but the statistical soundness of the conclusions are very suspect, which is why yeah. when you led into this, Brett, you said, you know, this is sort of like rumor. It is sort of like rumor. You know, when people have rumors, <laughs> right. maybe they heard somebody as they were walking out of the building, mentioned something on the subway and someone saying ah, that that's the, you know, it's that sort of thing. You know, maybe there's some, some slick of knowledge and sometimes it's true, um, mm-hmm. but you should look at these things, you know, very, very suspect. Maybe one of the reasons something like this is necessary or I feel like it, it's it's almost like they're they're grasping a little bit right because I remember back several years ago Jeff that we would we would constantly be getting app referrals right or we would say hey have you looked at this app like there's an app for that like if I felt like the app excitement has maybe <laughs> died off a little bit I mean that could just be my own kind of personal experience but you know I felt like it's very rare that we see uh really good new apps. And and that's sort of a, I I mean, some of those comments that I'm saying there, because I think Mm -hmm. it really is hard to find newer apps. It just feels like that even you and I, over the past couple of years or so, you know, when we see an app that we really like, it's kind of rare. Well, one that you also pointed to today, I think falls into that latter category. Like we're really excited about a new app called Call Sheet. And I think either you said this or Jason Snell said this in one of the articles that you linked to, it really solves that, hey, where have we seen him act before? Like, where have we seen that actor before? A lot of times we go to the Internet Movie Database, IMDB, which has been around for years and years and years. But this little app called Call Sheet is, uh, I think I'm going to have to download it and try it. It looks really good. It's almost like a simplified Internet Movie Database app. But the execution looks really good here. And that's the key. The IMDb app, I use it all the time for exactly what you said. I'm watching a TV show, (laughs) an actor comes on, I want to see what his name is and see what else. And it's like, oh, yeah, I know him because he was in this show I watched 10 years ago, whatever. Right. But um, the IMDb app is such a pain. I mean, it's always it's ads and it's pop ups and it's it's just it's just so much nonsense. Whereas this app um, call sheet, it's a very clean interface. There's no ads. There's no pop up. There's nothing obnoxious about it. I mean, it's just pleasant to use, not to mention faster to use as a result. And so just for that reason alone, it's good. Now it, it uses a different, most of it uses a different database, something called that I had never heard of before called the movie database, which I guess is a competitor and alternative to the internet movie database. But, um, and, and so far I've only played around with the app a little bit, but it looks perfectly accurate to me and the things that I've done. We'll see if, you know, maybe it's missing something over time, but, um, but it looks like it's about the same. So, you know, why use a clunky interface when you, uh, well, I guess the answer is because it's free, um, but you can pay just a tiny bit of money. I mean, this is only nine bucks a year or a dollar a month yeah, and you can get a very great. clean interface. And it's not just the nice interface. It's got some cool features too. I think that this one has hilarious, the feature of um, spoiler prevention, because you can tell the app, you know, don't show me character name, don't show me how many episodes they're in, stuff right. like that. And right. this is not my example. I heard this in another podcast this week. I think it was the Connected Podcast. But somebody told me that many years after the show had come out, he was watching, um, oh, uh, 
I'm blanking out. It was the uh, the Netflix show with Frank Underwood. Um, was uh, the uh, oh, oh um, the, 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 uh, you know that that was one. It was one of the big streaming successes. But he was watching one of the early seasons where the character was still the Speaker of the House, and he looks it up on IMDb, and it lists the character as you know the president. He's like, oh gosh, I mean, I I didn't want to know that he was going to be the president in season three. Right. And so that's these sort of spoilers that you can get from uh from you know IMDb. And I've had that happen before too, where you'll see somebody and it'll be like, oh, this person is only one episode of the show. It's like, oh well, thanks for telling me he's going to die in this episode right. or something. You know, right, those right, sorts right, of things. Right. So. You can turn those things on or off if you don't want to have spoilers, which I think is really, really interesting and, and funny. But it, it just looks like a nice, clean interface. And this is a great app. I mean, this is a perfect example of what I love about an app. Find something yeah, that's, you know, right. we know people enjoy using, but just come up with a better way to do it, a better a better mousetrap. And, you know, when yeah. you led into this segment, Brett, you were talking about how, you know, a lot of people aren't, you know, finding these these types of apps as much anymore. Right. I saw, right. I don't know if this is if this is realistic, but just to underscore the issue that you're discussing, I saw a developer post the other day on, I think it was on Mastodon, that he wishes that Apple could do something like his idea was everybody that has the Apple One bundle. So you're paying Apple like 30 bucks a month. You know, why right. not give them a few dollars a month to spend, quote unquote, on the app store? And the reason for that oh, is he says yeah. so many people are averse. You know, people think nothing of, you know, going to Starbucks and spending six bucks on a coffee. But when they look at an app like this one that costs $9 a year, they're like, oh, yeah. God, I couldn't possibly think of spending yeah. that money. It's, and, much. But, you know, an app. it's just, yeah. you know, it's not that much money, really, if you're going to yeah. get some enjoyment out of it. And he's like, why not give people a little bit of credit? Um, just so that, you know, get them to, to get used to buying some apps. I don't know if that's the right solution or not, but it does point to an issue that I know many ad developers have is, you know, they want to put time and money into developing an app, but there's got to be a return for it. They need to be paid for their work, which means you got to pay for apps. You don't have to pay a lot for apps. Doesn't mean the app has to be, you know, $200 or something. Right. But right. Um, so it's, it's an yeah, interesting issue that you point out that people, you know, discoverability and, and all that sort of stuff. House of Cards. House of Cards, of course. Thank yeah, because I know that there are listeners screaming at you know their stereo <laughs> right now. Like, how can you not remember that House of Cards? Mm -hmm. uh, well, well, again, which is why I like like in in this review by Jason Snell. It's not very long. It's actually his friend, right? Casey Liss is the yeah. developer, and a lot uh, of people know Casey app. Liss. Yeah, he's right. on the Accidental Tech podcast. He's very well known, and, right? And that's his advantage. So, I mean, he's well known by a lot of people. He has his own podcast, and so he's going to get the publicity right. for his new app. That exactly. if if you know some Joe Schmo in the street comes up with a new app, no one it, it it might be just crickets in the wind. Nobody might hear about it. I would also just like to thank Jason Snell for the the uh, screenshots that he includes here is from the actor Mark Singer. I remember watching Beastmaster 2 through the portal of time. What and this was 1991, but I remember Mark Singer from the original V miniseries in 1983. I loved that show in the 80s. <laughs> I loved that Me show. Too. Oh my goodness, wow. <laughs> I remember we would we would race home with our bicycles, I think from school and we were like we got to go see like and I remember my friend had I think he had a V flag hanging in his room. So anyway, thank you, Jason Snell, again <laughs> for for that. Speaking Watch of another app that, that we know we have liked and talked about several times is Carrot Weather. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I know that you subscribe to Carrot Weather. You said as much today in your uh, in your post. Um, I've dabbled in it a little bit, but I just haven't found the need, you know, to your point. It's like this would be one of the apps that I know that I would pay for. Like I I've, I've paid for Flighty. Like this would be a subscription app similar to what we were just talking about with Call Sheet that like it's worthwhile paying for. It's just I'm not that much of a weather hound, so I haven't. But this would be one that I would definitely, you know, like uh, another one would be a Fantastical, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, you link to a funny story about carrot weather today not the app itself but where the app is getting its weather data from it was a little scary the headline but uh kind of funny too yeah according to, to the weather data everyone in memphis is dead um you know carrot weather it's one of the things that makes it so powerful is you can choose where do i want to get my data my weather data from you can get it directly from apple because of course apple years ago bought dark sky but you can also use yes, Foreca, or right. you can use some of these other ones i think there's like six or eight AccuWeather. AccuWeather you know yep. you can choose what source you want because they're all a little different and i had been using Foreca for a while because i had heard good things about it and it was good results on daily temperature but i i noticed the summer when it got started to get super hot in New Orleans that, you know, the temperature might be in the 90s and believe me, it felt hot. But it would say things that like my feels like temperature was like 120. (laughs) And I'm like, well, you know, it's hot. But it doesn't quite feel like 120, know. you know, and uh, and he noticed some similar things in Memphis. And so uh, I hadn't thought much about it. I thought maybe it was just like a fluke of my iPhone. But when I saw him put it, I'm like, OK, well, whatever algorithm that they're using to do the feels like temperature right. is right. a little off or at least doesn't, you know, contemplate the hot weather we have in the south of the United States. And so I switched over to the Apple weather. And so far, it's been it's been, you know, much more. Believe me, it's still hot. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But yeah. The feels like temperatures are a little bit more accurate. Um, but it's, it is sort of a good reminder that, you know, there's different sources of this data. Um, e- right. and even in this case, the exact same app can show you different numbers because of different sources that you check. And so it's just a good reminder that if, if you do care about something like weather data, um, consider the source. The, uh, Steven on his post here has three different screenshots. One is from, uh, AccuWeather where the temperature is 96, but it feels like 115. When he switched to the Apple weather, the temperature was 97, but it feels like 108. When he <laughs> has a screenshot from Foreca, the temperature is 96, but it feels like 138 degrees. <laughs> I almost feel like, do we know where they're putting these sensors, right? For the, like you said, it might be just an algorithm kind of putting things together, but it's like, is there a thermometer like sitting on top of a blazing, you know, in the sun on top of an industrial air conditioning unit? Is that where like they're exactly. this measurement from? Just a little crazy on there but good good app nonetheless carrot weather just maybe change your source i think when you pay for this um jeff like when it's the free version of carrot weather there was only one source that you can pick select from and then i i want to say there may be six or seven different sources that when you pay it opens up those different sources and you can flip them uh back and forth exactly those exactly we have talked many times already about iOS 17, and mm-hmm. that should be coming pretty soon as well, right? right? right. It, sort of, it sort of does kind of parallel when the uh, updated phone is released. Um, is is it before or after? Sometimes I want to say it's before the phone comes out. Am I correct in that, Jeff? So here's what uh, I expect. So we're going to yeah. have the new iPhone announcement in that first or second week of September, and then they're okay. going to probably say that the iPhones are going to be available to buy in, you know, usually about like two weeks or something like that. And so right. let's just say like, you know, the third or fourth week of September 
November, you could actually buy a new iPhone. And about a week before you can buy a new iPhone, that is often when Apple drops okay. iOS 17. Okay. And the That's reason right. I know that is because often in years, I will, you know, one of the last things that we'll do with my old phone, to quote us to speak, with my soon to be old phone yes. is update the operating update. system, have a couple of days to play with the new operating system, mm-hmm. and then see what that same brand new operating system looks on the new phone with the new hardware, with all the new bells and whistles. So um, so that's what I expect here. So, But like you said, I really think we are about a month, maybe a tiny bit more than a month away from everybody getting iOS 17, yeah. not just the people that are running the beta. Well, thankfully, those people that have been running the beta are many, many, many of them, including one of our favorite, one of everyone's favorites, really, technology reviewers uh, on YouTube, Marquez Brownlee, otherwise Mm -hmm. known as MKBHD. And you linked to his video today, which I thought he did a fantastic job, as he always does, of breaking down like the top five features that you're going to see in iOS 17. You know, a lot of people go into a lot more detail, but Marquez is always so good at just kind of practically bringing out what's going to, you know, highlighting the practical aspects. One of the main things in this video quickly, Jeff, that that I thought was interesting, we've talked about like the name drop aspect. We talked talked about the check-in uh, mode, you know, from other people. Um, what he said, Marquez said, is a lot of these newer features coming in iOS 17 really rely on someone else, either in your family or a friend, having an iPhone as well and having it updated to iOS 17. I just hadn't mm. thought about it in that aspect, right? Because mm. I can't name drop with somebody that doesn't have iOS 17. I can't like do that air take advantage of that airdrop compatibility. I can't take advantage of, you know, that that check-in capability like if I wanted my daughter to use it, we all have to be updated to iOS 17. And I just thought that mm-hmm. was kind of neat. You know, Marquez is really good about, you know, highlighting something like that from the idea of uh, most people really hadn't thought about that, but it's a little bit of a lock-in there from Apple. And I yeah. embrace it <laughs> because we're already in an Apple family, really. But, you know, just something to be, to be to think of. It's like a lot of these new features you may not be able to take advantage of unless your other people that you're sharing information with also has an iPhone and they have upgraded to iOS 17. Yeah, that's especially true once you upgrade. You know, if you're the sort of person that's listening to this podcast, of course, you're more interested in um, taking advantage of technology. So you might update right away. Um, I mean, the thing is, most iPhone users do update the operating system fairly quickly. Yes, um, right. Apple sometimes share those statistics about, you know, our new OS has been out for only, you know, a right. month or six weeks and already 95% of people have upgraded. So everyone is going to get there pretty soon. Apple right. will eventually, you know, for people that don't do the, the 0.0 update, when Apple has the 0.1 update, they traditionally include the new emoji in there. And that, right. that will usually get the people that haven't upgraded yet to upgrade because they don't want their friends sending them text messages with exactly. emoji that they can't see so it's a good little carrot to get people to upgrade but um but that's true um by the way the the name drop feature that you were talking about that's the one if i remember correctly where you can have like a sort of a card of you know here's my personal information that's right here's what it should look like if i call you this is the picture i want on the screen and you can choose which which information about yourself you want to share with people that's Um, the point and that's also you can put two phones together and it will you know share contact cards and stuff like that so um yeah this is a nice video the production quality on marquez's videos is always amazing But I also think that the curation value here is good, too, because there are countless new features in iOS 17. And the five that he picked are um, are all, you know, cool little little things. Yeah. On that name drop, by the way, I was telling my uh, my wife. who doesn't follow this anywhere near as closely as, as I do, but she's like, okay, so what's the big deal about iOS 17? And, you know, I was trying to like go through and I mentioned the name drop and she's like, 
well, I don't want that. Like, I don't want people like just getting my contact card. And Marquez in this video, to your point, Jeff, does a good job of saying you customize exactly the kind of information that you want them to have. Marquez even says you can share. Do you want your picture shared? Do you want your phone number shared? Do you want your address shared? Do you want a fake phone number shared? That's okay. <laughs> you can create your cards. And then when you do that name drop and that animation is brilliant. I almost feel like, is this going to be like a party trick that people are going to try a couple of times and then never do use it again? I don't know. But when you basically bump two phones together you can it, it almost like the screen almost like goes into liquid form and it's just really cool so if you want to if you want to see that right now uh marquez is one of the best videos on this to uh check out ios 17 and we'll be talking about that in the following weeks i'm sure we will but we for will. now let's talk about where you at where are you a couple at? of uh one is more of a tragic story and the other one's kind of a fun Ugh. story but let's go on the tragic side because obviously our thoughts and prayers are going out to all of the people that are being affected in Maui right now. Oh my God, uh, from the so horrible. crazy Ugh. fires, just the pictures and everything going on there is um, uh, very, very, very sad. However, one story that you linked to today, uh, apparently it sounded like there was a group of maybe four or five teenagers that were in a van trying to get out of the city if somehow, and then all of a sudden they found themselves in, literally surrounded engulfed in flames it sounds like they didn't have cellular capabilities because my goodness it looked like they were in a fairly populated area but who knows i mean the wildfires yeah everything was shut down everything yeah. so everything was shut down but they needed help they couldn't get out and so one of the uh people in the van apparently had an iphone 14 pro that had access to the emergency sos via satellite and that's how they were able to be rescued yeah. For me, the thing that just makes this story hit my gut is, I mean, not what you described is as harrowing as it is, but when you look at the um the, the post that somebody put on on the service formerly known as Twitter, they have sort yeah. of a series of screenshots of the actual yeah. back and forth conversation yeah, here it between is. Yeah. them and the emergency services. And when you read wow. through it, gosh, I mean, I was on the edge of my chair. It's like you're there. I, I know. Mean, I remember know. the way that this service works is because it's when you send data to the satellite, it, it just occurs in little bursts. And so if you have the ability to interact with your iPhone to use this feature, it will sort of interview with some questions like what's the nature of the emergency? Yeah, what right. can you say? And then after right. it gets those answers to a few questions, it sends them in the burst to the satellite. So that's what you sort of see here is they're sending this, but they're talking, you know, visibility is zero. We're trying to move around. We, the roads are blocked. The, fires, the car is so hot. We can't. And right. you can see the emergency services getting back in touch with them and their responses. And then at the very end, they finally get to the point where they say, you know, we're here, we're getting rescued and, and emergency put, put services says, on. you know, they're like, put them. your hazards on. Yeah, put your hazards <laughs> so on because they're them. close by and right. they were rescued in about 30 minutes. Wow. But you read through this, it's like a mini, it's like a mini movie. I mean, it's just, oh, except that it's it's real life. So yeah. thank goodness yeah. these people were saved. And again, so many people, the, the loss of property, the loss of life, you know, I've, I've lived through disasters before in New Orleans with hurricanes, but I don't know, the rising water is scary but fire around you whole yeah. i mean that's that's yeah. just uh. yeah <sighs> yeah well from that tragic story with a fairly happy ending at least for yeah. them for them uh, we can go to uh lost lacrosse equipment 
<laughs> so uh we've seen this time and time again and i still don't get tired of it jeff i'm so glad that you link to these still um this was a it sounded like a daughter uh or a, a a mother and her daughter were flying because the daughter was involved in a lacrosse tournament of some kind uh i can't remember where they were going maybe you know the story a little bit but anyway united um lost their lacrosse the the equipment that she needed to play in this tournament and the mother kept trying to text or or tweet out to you or X out to United and say, listen, that, that equipment, it's right there. And it's like going round and round and round. Some people said, well, you have no idea. Some people said, well, that's not my job. I can't go and look for it. So she ended up <laughs> buying her own flight, I think using her own miles on United to go back to Chicago to go to the place where her luggage was and try to convince somebody like this is where it's located. Um, yeah. Crazy stuff. In fact, in this story, they didn't even go to Chicago. I think they went from like Baltimore to California or something like that. Oh, yeah, the original but flight. Okay. What, okay. what happened was, and she only afterwards was <laughs> able to reconstruct this, but apparently somebody, you know, put the wrong luggage tag on her luggage. Yeah. So yeah. instead of putting the tag on her luggage for it to go back to her home, they put the tag for it to go to Chicago O'Hare. Um, but of course, the computer systems at United, you know, as simplistic as they are, they certainly can't capture something like that because they were associating right. that luggage right. with a different person. Um, but it's so, you know, you feel for this person because she's she's calling she's texting no one's answering they're saying things she's like you know can you just put me through yeah, to somebody my job at the <laughs> o'hare baggage claim because they because right. the bag's right there and they're like nope we can't do that there's no one there to talk to you you know there's nothing you can do um and so when she finally decided to take the initiative take a day off of work buy a ticket to chicago using air miles so she had to pay for it fly to chicago as soon as she gets to that baggage claim she had her bag in 30 seconds brett 30 seconds 30 it was she, seconds she knew exactly where it was it was right there it's just wow. nobody could help her to get her the bag and as she described this wasn't a case where she could just you know write it off and say okay pay me money for it because right she needed right. this specific equipment for her daughter and even if you bought something new it, it wouldn't have been you know it wouldn't have been broken in for her daughter right. you know so it's like i really want this specific stuff i want my stuff back which we can wow. all understand um and i think at the end of the day after all of this and perhaps only because it was advertised on cnn and or, or uh the story yeah. was told on cnn she eventually yeah. got united to refund to her the miles that she had used to fly to chicago but it means some right. solace the small solace that is um but again unless you have that 20 25 dollar air tag in your luggage you don't even have the option to know where your luggage is to have the possibility right. of going to get it so yeah. um Thank goodness she was smart enough to do that. And again, if 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 folks now you know who travel don't and who check bags don't understand the value of an air tag, I don't know what more to say. Stories like this, you know, we're, it's the best the best marketing you. Apple could have. You know, it's, I know it, this is crazy. Yeah, uh, United. I feel like United. You need to do better. Like train your people, make sure that they know about this. But also, good on you for depositing her thirty thousand miles back into her account. <laughs> uh, last one in this in this segment, Jeff. Where your son at? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was a great post you had this past week from none other than your teenage son, which oh, I, I was thought so was brilliant. So proud of so him. We're so proud. Him he showed me this. He <laughs> says he, he told me and my wife. He's like, I'm going to run a test, and so it was like, okay. And so he okay. he just he touches something in his iPhone, and I get this text message from him saying, "In trouble." And then here's where I am. And it had both the street address and it had like a map that I could tap on and go to the maps app. And it oh. had the longitude and latitude. And I was like, wow, that's what? actually pretty cool. So he's like, if for some reason I ever find, because, you know, he's driving now, he's got his own car. If he right. ever finds himself just in a truly bad situation, maybe even one that somebody's, you know, who knows, trying to attack him and he can't even say anything out loud. He could just press this one button on his phone. Um, 
and it will send really? this text message to me and my wife and just let us know exactly where he is. And it will at least alert us. So, and again, I could always, um, we, we use find my within our family. So if I wanted to reach out and find out where sure. he's located or vice versa, him, me, we can already do that, but I wouldn't know that he's in trouble. And so this is a great way of, you know, him just, you know, reaching out to us. What, what I love about this though, is when uh, he was talking about it later at the dinner table, because I put this post up, but a number of people posted yep. comments and some people yep. sent me emails Good. separately about it. Yeah, and so I, I was sort that. of sharing, I was sharing with my son, the feedback on his app and that people had enjoyed it. And uh, as we're all talking about it, my daughter, who's uh, a sophomore about to be a sophomore in high school, she looked at him, but she's like, you made a program like it was as if it's like you performed brain surgery. It was that sort of a, because I don't think she understood, you know, right. that, you know, you, it's not that hard to put together a shortcut like this. And so I thought it was really cool that he put together something that, again, you always hope that you're never going to need to use this. Um, of course. But in case you do, you know, that this would be something to let your loved ones know where you are. That was my first thought on here is like, wait a minute, I've got find my, I use that, you know, several times a week to basically just, okay, is, is my daughter coming home? You know, where is she? Cause she's in a similar way. She's driving as well. But just having this as like an additional comfort button, if you will. Right. I mean, just be, I mean, almost like a panic button, but I kind of hate to use that term, but I just feel like I, I'm, I'm telling my daughter about this. Like I want her to create this, like your son should create this and sell it as a new app, Jeff. I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> but this is really cool. And like you said, it is the shortcuts and you, you detail it out exactly here. I think how they can create it. And even somebody, as you, as you mentioned in your comment to your post today was like, thank you. I've never used shortcuts because we find that quite a bit, right? People haven't really delved into shortcuts, including my Self, not very much, but they're like, this is a good impetus. Like I might make sure that I've got this on my family's phone. So thank you. And uh, thank you, uh, little Richardson. That was fantastic <laughs> to your son for doing that. That's great. All right. Well, let's quickly uh, talk about SaneBox since they are our sponsors today and we are thrilled to have them. You can find out more by going to SaneBox.com slash in the news, just all one word. Uh, we talked a little bit about this last week about how to set it up. You can go and get a free trial. Uh, in fact, you can get a free 14-day trial if you go to sanebox.com slash in the news. And then if you decide to pay for a few of the features, we'll talk about that probably maybe next week, which features that you might want to sign up for. Then uh, because you signed up through that URL, you get a $25 credit toward a subscription. So it's like it's a win-win on all of the aspects. I got to tell you, Jeff. I wasn't uh, a big SaneBox user uh, until maybe just a few weeks ago, but one of the highlights that I will share that I have truly enjoyed is I set up SaneBox to apply to my personal email account that I've had for probably 23, 24, five years at this point. And it, so it's basically... <laughs> a catch-all for lots and lots and lots of email, right, Jeff? Over the years, because I've placed orders, I get, you know, I signed up for their newsletter or I signed up for, ooh, there's an interesting, you know, new blog. I want to sign up for their newsletter. And over the years, I have found, or I guess I didn't realize it. I'll put it that way. I didn't realize how many newsletters and emails that I get. And I don't want to delete them necessarily because I, I might want to read them. Like a few of them I'm still very interested in. And others I just keep on in case they have like a, you know, a, a special sale or something like that. I want to get notified for it. But once I've signed up for SaneBox and it looks at my emails coming in, it looks just at the subject line there and it recognizes where the domains are, where it's coming from. SaneBox automatically set up 
an at sane news folder. And we say at because that means it's a little at symbol and that usually means that your folder now goes to the top of your inbox list, right? To, for your subfolders. And so at sane news means that now all those newsletters that come in every single day immediately get shunted over to that at sane news folder. Doesn't delete them doesn't get rid of them. It just puts them, parks them there so that now when I go to my inbox, Jeff, it is so refreshing. I got to tell you that I just see the emails that I need to perform some action on, right? Exactly. It's like a, a family member has emailed me or somebody has reached out to me, a friend or something like that. It's like all the newsletters are still there. I can go and look at them when I need them, but I'm not ready for them yet. And I didn't realize how much time that I spent previously, Jeff, delete, like going through and filtering out and deleting or shunting over all of those newsletter messages in between looking for the important messages, if that makes sense. So for me, that at Sane News folder, that's one of the, the features that you can get when you sign up for SaneBox. It's, I, I, I feel like now it's not a stress level to go and look at my mailbox because I know that it's just gonna be the messages that I need to take some kind of an action on. And then that same news folder is parked over there and I can go to it and you know maybe like once a day now, I'll just go through and say, oh yeah, well that's interesting or you know that's a new sale on that place and I can get rid of them all as well. So that's one of my favorite features so far in using SaneBox. Yeah, Sane News is one of my favorite features of SaneBox as well because when you know during the day when I'm looking at my email, I just want to be quick. I just want to look, see if right. there's something important to deal with. I use this for my iPhone JD email. If there's something I need to deal with, I'll deal with it. But I don't right. want to be distracted by all these newsletters. At night, when I'm sitting on a couch, just sort of catching up on the news for the day, that's exactly when I want to see my newsletters, right. read through them, click on link, decide, I don't care about this one. But it's like, even though I'm doing two different things with email, there are two different modes that I want to be in and just right. allowing myself to be quick and efficient. I love um, another folder that, that they can set up by default that I love is called at sane black hole. And the way that this one works is if you get a message <laughs> a from name. somebody that you don't want, I mean, I would never do this for a real person, but it's usually like these businesses that no matter what I do to try to get off of their emails, you know, right. they still send me stuff or it's, you know, Hey, we're going to, because it's my iPhone JD email, I use it on. It's like, you know, we're, you know, we're going to improve your website. And it's like, I, you're not going to improve my website. Okay. I've been doing this for a while. I don't need you. And right. I'll just we're take good. those. And all I do is move them into the same black hole folder and I'm done. I will never again, see mm -hmm. something from them. And it's not the same as a spam filter because people that send spam are usually changing their email addresses every time, you know, use your built-in spam filter to deal with that stuff. But for these things that, you know, maybe it's a, it's a legitimate or quasi-legitimate company, but you just don't want to get that stuff anymore. Just stick right, in the same right. black hole. And the thing yeah. is, it's not like it's gone forever. If I really ever wanted to go, I could, I could look in the same black Always hole folder and pull right. something out. And all you do is, you know, training it. If I take the email and move it into same black hole that trains same box using like artificial intelligence to do the same thing yes. automatically for future emails. And it right. works in reverse too. If I take something out of same black hole or same news as you were talking about, and I drag that into my inbox, then it will know, okay, this is actually a newsletter, but Jeff or Brett has told me, don't put those in the same news folders, actually put those in the inbox and it will do that in the future. So I love that it's, it's sort of intelligent. It, it's easy to use, but anyway, the, the, yeah. those two folders right there, it, yeah. it, if nothing else, that's great reasons to use Sandbox. Can I just uh, just uh, point out real quick? Some people may say, well, okay, Brett, that's that's great with the newsletters, but why not just like set up a rule 
So like any email that you get from this, you know, newsletter goes into a separate folder. Yeah, you know what? I've done that before and I got maybe about um, 10% of the way through all my That's newsletters because yeah. you, you have to set it up manually on each for one each Jeff. individual one but same exactly care about automatically exactly yeah. and that's part of the ai that's built into it that you reference okay so we would just want to say thanks again to sanebox if you want to know a little bit more uh sanebox.com slash in the news just all one word together and you can at least sign up for a free 14-day trial and then uh, we'll even uh get you 25 dollars toward a sanebox subscription so thanks for listening to that and thanks to sanebox in the know in the know, I have a uh, something that has been troubling me for a little bit. That I've got a bunch of apps. We were talking about apps before. Back in the day, Jeff, when when there was, it seemed like there was a new app every day that was just fantastic, and I downloaded a lot and lot and lot. Right. And so, what would happen is, I still got probably around three to four hundred apps on my iPhone because some of them I just don't want to get rid of, and I never know. Maybe one day I'm gonna like doing it. You know, and Apple has given us ways to do whatever they call that app. Um, uh, folder or whatever it is, you know, that last screen. But I've noticed over the last couple of years now that if I go to an app that I haven't even touched in maybe six months, maybe a year, that it's not actually available on my phone. There's a little cloud download icon next to the name of the app. The app is still there. I see it on my phone, but it's like I have to re-download the app. Now, this I found out is was introduced in iOS 11 offload unused apps. So part of the things that I know Apple is probably one of the number one um, complaints they get is my iPhone is out of storage. Normally that's because of the pictures and of course Apple has addressed that as well and I think very well. But now even for some apps, if you are like me, you've had iPhones for many, many years, you've got a ton of apps that you haven't used, you don't touch them maybe in, in, a, in a six months to a year, then Apple will automatically offload that app. And what's interesting here is they don't delete the app from your phone and more importantly, they don't delete the data from that app. So like if you had documents stored in a certain app or you know you had you had some settings that you had set up in that app once upon a time all of those settings are still there so if you want to go and re-download that the major thing is you have to be connected to the internet in order to re-download that app and it's very quick i find because it's offloaded and not deleted it's very quick to re-download those apps however again you have to be connected to the internet in order for that to happen so i'm okay leaving this turned on but if you want to turn this off you can go into your settings app and you will go down to the app store so this used to be the itunes and app store if you remember but if you go down to the app store in your settings and tap on that and you scroll all the way down to the bottom this will be towards the bottom there will be a toggle switch for offload unused apps this automatically removes unused apps but it keeps all documents and data so reinstalling the app will place it back your data if the app is still available in the app store that's another danger jeff some of these apps i've tried to re-download and they're like oh no longer available just because it was so long ago you know it wasn't it's not apple's fault it's just the apps have gone out of um out of support so anyway that's a feature i just wanted people to be aware of if you don't want apple to automatically offload these unused apps you can toggle that off so all of your apps are going to stay on your phone uh, i like having it on because i know that it does I, I think my iphone does a very good job of managing the storage components on my phone but you can turn that off offload unused apps 
when you were just describing where you go for it, Brett, I thought you were saying the wrong thing, but you're right. If you go to settings under app store, uh-huh. that's where it is. But I've never gone to that place. The way that I get to the feature, and it didn't occur yes. to me that there's two ways to do it, is when you're in the settings app on your iPhone, yes. if you go to general, and then if you go to iPhone storage, which sort yes. of gives me a sense of how much free space I have in that's that right. screen, there's also offload unused app because that's way in my mind, that's the Aha, reason that okay. you would turn this on in the first place. I'm running low on space on my iPhone. So right. get rid that's of the right. stuff I don't use a lot. I will tell you, Brett, I turned this feature on a long time ago just yeah, to try yeah. it because I needed to get some space. I think it was, I was upgrading phones and I was, I didn't have enough space to upgrade from one phone to the other. Cause I had to move stuff over. Um, and I sort of regret that I ever turned it on, even though I've had it turned off for a long time now, because I still, to this day, find times where I go to use an app. And I guess by yeah. definition, it's something I haven't used in a while, but, and then it's like, <laughs> it's not there. And I mean, look, uh, this is a first world problem. I mean, me downloading, right, right, you know, right. waiting for the app to redownload for the app store takes what five seconds or something, but it's yeah. still, very quick. I was like, oh, this, I, I don't like the fact that I'm waiting. I wish I had never turned on that feature. And sometimes the apps that it would offload, it's like, seriously, that's the app yeah. that you offload. I use that app all the yeah. time. What are you talking about yeah. offloading that app? So yeah. if, you know, if you need it to save space, it's great that Apple gives you the option. But for me, I wish I had never turned it on in the first place. And I hope that I never need to turn it on again. Um, so anyway, yeah. but I'm glad that people now know where it is, whether you, however you get to it, whether you go through the app yeah. store through settings or through space through settings. Yeah. And even on the iPhone storage, like it goes and it will have the little iCloud uh, icon next to that list of your apps. Like for example, Filmic Pro, I haven't, I don't use that on my iPhone. I use it on my iPad a lot, mm-hmm. but it has the fact that it's offloaded and you can't offload individual apps that way. Like if you don't want it for a while. Anyway, just want people yeah. to be aware of that offload unused apps. One more thing. I mean, we could, I guess we could both be talking about this feature. Um, if you offload the app, it doesn't offload yeah. your data. So just so Correct. you know, like if you have exactly. a relatively small app, but you've got all of these downloaded movies, like if you had downloaded yes. movies on the Netflix yes. app and that, that part stays in your phone, it's just the app That's that correct. goes. Another thing I'll mention is if you're doing this to save space in settings, when you go to it, the way that I suggested through iPhone storage, it will actually tell me like right now I can see in my phone, if I turn on this feature, it's going to save me 14.68 gigabytes. Yeah, so that's nice right. that I'll know, like, this right. is what I gain by turning this on. Right. I, I know sp- precisely how much space I will gain. Um, what it does not include in here is, Good however, point. comma, this will cause you agony for years to come. That's that's my little <laughs> add to it that Apple that's should put, but does not. Okay, so my tip of the day is a continuation of what we were talking about at the end of Worry App, which is oh, shortcuts. You know, the, the shortcut that my son put together is very simple. And the reason that I wanted to set out in my post earlier this week, the steps that he used, which is just so simple, send a text yeah. message, figure out where my location is, send that location Anybody, anybody could create that shortcut. The Shortcuts app is an app that we all have on our iPhone, but I know from talking around that most people don't touch it. They don't even think about touching it because they think, oh, well, that's like computer programming or something like that. And I guess to a degree it is, but it's so simple. It's, uh, I think of it more as Lego. It's putting together building blocks. You know, first, I want you to send a text message. So you get the little building block that says send a text message. And you just, you know, tap here. You know, it's from me automatically. Who is it going to be to? Or do you want to have a pop-up list of who someone sends it to? And then know what's next. Now, here's what I want to say. And what's next? I want to get you my current location. And putting together these shortcuts, it's really... Um, it really yeah. is simple. I mean, I mentioned the other day when when I said that my, my daughter was looking at my son as if he had done something crazy to design a shortcut, but it's
it's not crazy. It's something that anyone can do. And there's so many, so many useful things that you can do with shortcuts, um, whether it's sending people messages or whether it's putting together information. I've mentioned in the past right. that I have a, a shortcut that in this one's a more complicated one where I take automatically pictures of any receipt and it um, it gives it helps me to format the title of where the receipt is from, including right. places that I might go to frequently. I can just tap one button and it automatically fills in that name and then it saves it into a specific folder. I used to use Dropbox. Now I'm using iCloud, um, uh, the iCloud for it. But just so that I can have receipts, I don't need to keep the paper, but I can I can get to them again. And I have a million other little shortcuts that are either very simple, you know, as simple as, you know, have a shortcut that you can tell your spouse, I will be home in about blank minutes. And all that shortcut would need to do is figure out your current location, right. find out how long it would take to, to drive from where you are to your house, and then put that in there. You know, these simple little things that you can trigger so easily because there's a million yeah. ways to trigger a shortcut. You can right, put it on your right. on your on your home screen. You could put it in a million different places. You put it and on your Apple, Apple Watch. Watch. And I like um, this. and yeah. uh, it's just really really useful. But it, it's it's only when you start playing it. You know, the way to get started with shortcuts is to find another shortcut. And Apple has tons of them in the shortcut gallery yeah, that you can right. download. They're all, all for free, and you can download it and say, okay, this is a simple thing. Now it's going to you know log. I don't know my weight today or something like that. And you could say, okay, so it, it asks me for a number and then it logs it in the health app. And you can see, oh, okay, yeah, those two or those two or three steps make sense. And then right. you look at another one and look at another one. And by seeing how they work, it's so easy to put these things yeah. together. And the next thing you know you're doing it yourself. And even if you're not doing super complicated shortcuts, you can make your iPhone a much more useful tool for yourself if you play around with this stuff. And shortcuts apps can have all sorts of triggers, even like location-based and, and time of day and things like that. You can do some amazing things. And I mean, I, I, I consider it a gift that Apple even includes shortcuts. One of the things that's often a distinguishing factor yeah. between an iPhone and an Android is Android phones, I think, are really good for a certain sector of the population, people that want to be super, super fiddly about every aspect of their phone. Android gives you more power that way. Of course, it also means that you're open to more you know, hacking and other stuff too. So I'm glad I don't live in that world. But you know, shortcuts gives you so much power that you almost is like, really? Somebody at Apple actually decided to give their users this much power? How right, amazing is right. that? It, it's it's a little un-Apple-like. And yet it is Apple-like because it's so well-designed and so easy to follow so that anyone can do it. So I cannot rave enough about playing around with shortcuts and yeah. um, and you should definitely consider it. Oh, that's a, that's a great idea. You were showing, yeah. this is, oh, oh David Sparks, our, our, our friend in California, has all mm -hmm. sorts of field guides. And I had forgotten that he has a shortcuts for iPhone and iPad right. field guide. We've mentioned it in the past, I believe. It's we so have. good. Yep. As yeah. you, you go through this, you go through his steps. He gives you all sorts of practical examples. Um, but even if you, and so, you know, definitely buy David's field guide for sure. But even if you don't <laughs> do that, even if you just look at what you were showing before, Brett, which was the Apple yeah. guide, which is just right there on its website, you could That's just right. go through its guide and you'll get a lot of the way to whatever, whatever resource you want to use for this, depending upon how deep you want to go, you can do yeah. so much. Yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. And it just reminds me, honestly, as much as I play around with this, Jeb, I don't delve into shortcuts very much, even though I use probably one or two almost every day. Uh, mm -hmm. I have one where I tap the, um, the back tap on my phone and it will pull my AirPods from like my Mac or my iPad so that it'll connect to my iPhone. I saw that a long time ago because somebody sure. just posted like a, a neat little tip and it's like, that was a shortcut. I just had to go in and build a shortcut. But anyway, don't fear 
the shortcuts app. I like that. <laughs> it's like, just make sure that uh, you go and, and check that out. Lots of good resources on that as well. Excellent. Thanks, Jeff. We want to say thanks again to SaneBox for sponsoring today's episode. That, uh, you can get more information at SaneBox.com slash in the news. And Jeff, thanks for being here as always. And we'll talk with you next week. Thanks, Brett. Bye-bye, everybody.